Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next What up, Knicks fans, and what is up, Barry motherfucking D? Happy New Year too, Barry motherfucking D. Well, thank you. Happy New Year to you, and what is up, Craig? And even a happier New Year to Jay, a.k.a. Blanderson Hooper. Well, thank you, Craig. A happy New Year to you as well. Wherever you listen to the show, remember to leave us a five-star rating and or a positive review. And please, subscribe to the one podcast that will make all your New Year's resolutions come true. All of them? Are gonna come true. Any single New Year's resolution that people have, this podcast is gonna help you make it true. What about lose weight? I wanna lose weight. You wanna lose weight, absolutely. Because Barry gets tips from his mother in law all the time about how he can lose weight, so we can help you lose weight. Wow. Oh. What if That's I want right. to uh, stop drinking or drink less? The Knicks make you wanna drink, but when you listen to this show, it puts you in such a good fucking mood, you're not gonna have to drink anymore. What if you want to reduce the amount of porn you watch? I was going to go there too, say uh, less masturbatory practices. What if it's becoming an issue and you realize that and you want to do something about that? Listening to the three of us will probably get you out of the mood. <laughs> you're not jerking off while you're listening to this show. That's I sure hope not. <laughs> there might be, There's one listener who I think might be because every time they call, they're out of breath. But <laughs> Barry, how are our courtside seats to the games that we will never get to go to coming? Took a little bit of a hit and that, I, you know, I, I don't often bet the Knicks. Um, I'll never bet against them. And against Toronto, they were getting nine points. And you do all of this betting where, Barry? Betonline.ag. Yeah, and I, I threw some money down on the Knicks getting nine. And through three quarters, it looked like I was right there. And then, you know, you saw what happened. They couldn't hit three a fucking quarters. shot. Up until about four minutes left in the game, you should have been fine. Pretty much. Uh, but, you know, we couldn't hit a shot, and uh, therefore we couldn't even keep it close, and uh, they, they couldn't even cover. They couldn't even win with the with the points I was getting, so I lost there. Oh, so what are you at? What are you at now? I'm down, probably down 100 bucks, 200 bucks. Oh, no. Oh, well, all right. Well, <laughs> there's no better <laughs> way to promote this site. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Barry, would you say that you choked this week? Uh, yeah, you could say that. You know who else choked this week? Next question comes from Ian Bagley, SNY. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, Julius, <clears throat> excuse me, Tom mentioned, he's mentioned a couple times. <clears throat> Did you hear the delay? Is there, what is there, is there more to that question, Jay? Is that all you have? I, I stopped the question. All I cared about was the choking. Who cares about, the, <laughs> there was nothing left in the question. There was no other choking. So then it just becomes 
a normal question. But I mean, how much time elapsed after he was introduced to speaking? You think he did they get him by surprise? There's a sizable, silent, just dead, straight, just line because there's no audio at all. It's just it just completely drops out. He heard his name. He was coughing, so he left himself on mute. Until he, you know, thought he was done, and apparently he was not done. But I'm sure the, the biggest cough came it, during that silent period when we couldn't hear him. Do you think he just gets scared every time they say he's like he, he's a little thrown off, and he he is chewing on chips every well, time? He, this is what I told Barry the other day. I think it's in his head. I think he's in his own head. Remember Chuck Knobloch had the yips and couldn't throw to first base. I think it's the same kind of thing when it comes to asking a question. And so he's not he's not choking on anything. No, I think the first time he literally was choking on the chips, like he said. Do you remember this one? <clears throat> of course. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> That's right. Don Block had the yips. Begley's got the chips. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, yeah. Look, you, you little Walt Frazier over there. That, wow! Look at you. That was pretty good. Begley should get something better to eat than chips. If he's going to choke on anything, what should he be choking on, Jay? I'm just trying to get all these ads out of the way early. <laughs> We're doing this now? Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company is changing the crumb cake game. And they've got a great new flavor of the month this month for January. Jay, tell us about it. It is just called uh, the Happy New Year Crumb Cake. It looks like a, a basic crumb cake uh, when you first take a look there's at it. There's no such the, thing as a basic Clarkson well, Avenue Well, I know, cake. but it, there's more than, than, than meets the eye with this because it comes with a lemon cream cheese filling, which, you know, lemon is not a flavor that a lot of people uh, are into because of the tartness of it. I love lemon, though. And so... I think that this is probably spectacular. Speaking of crumb cakes, which people also call coffee cakes, I was watching Cobra Kai on Netflix, a new season. Mm. And in one of the first episodes, Johnny, have you seen this? Um, I only finished season one. I'm a little behind. He's in a church. He's eating crumb cake. In church? Like after church. Oh, like okay. After on the church. P- on the pew or something. I thought you meant like in, during the service. That's pretty rude. <laughs> no, they're eating the crumb cake. And he made, I was like half asleep when I saw this, but he makes this comment like... I don't know how they get the coffee in the crumb cake. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how they get the coffee in the cake. <laughs> I was like in and out and I was like, really? <laughs> and they just like went over that. There was no laugh. Um, so anyway, I don't know how Clarkson Avenue gets the coffee in the crumb cake, but they do. <laughs> Go to ClarksonAveCrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE for 23% off your order. All right. We can finally talk wait, about Just remember, news. Craig, yeah. just a reminder, they're closed until January 8th. Jay, Jay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just, listen, they're our sponsors. They make delicious cakes. I want to make sure people are informed. If you want the latest on when they're open, just follow Jay at Blandy Hooper. <laughs> On Twitter. I'll send out a reminder. Why don't you send a tweet when they're actually fucking open? All right. Yeah, I'll send a reminder. On January 8th at 12.01 a.m., Clarkson Ave is open. All right. I think Clarkson Ave would appreciate it. (laughs) I'm sure they would. Guys, Austin Rivers finally made his Knicks debut and he had a New Year's message for Knicks fans. He said, This was, was this after the Toronto loss? It was after the Toronto loss, right? The Toronto Raptors collapse. I think it was a few hours. Which we shot, which. We basically lost that game because we shot three for 36 from three. Oh, it was historically bad. Austin said, usually don't comment on this type of stuff, but it's a process. Trust us. We're getting better. We have a great new coach, all new players, really young, learning to play with each other and get chemistry right. And we're still getting all the way healthy. It's a process, but I promise we're getting there step by step. Just be there for us. We need y'all. 
y'all are part of our success and growth too. The Knicks are going to be fire again. But our process is starting now. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Okay, Craig, let me go to you. Uh, your take on that, what do you call it, a post, a fucking comment or whatever? On his, uh, Insta? Yeah, he left, that com- he left that comment under, I think, a Nick's Insta- Instagram okay. story. So, do you is that is that favorable or is that cringeworthy? I don't think it's cringeworthy at all. Neither do I. Did people think it was cringeworthy? I don't think they did, but I feel like you can spin it as such because of how bad they've been. Because what has he done? Because how long has he been a Nick? I think it's easy to spin that way. The fact that it has not been spun that way and it connected to Knicks fans like it did, I think is a is a, is a, a positive, positive thing. I honestly thought it was a little weird. I mean, it's nice to hear that he that he is sending that message. I feel like we don't get messages like that from players uh, who speak out like that. I don't. I was confused as to why he sent it because. Most Knicks fans, I mean, we've been there through a lot, right? So no one's jumping the boat after five games into the season and a loss to Toronto. We're not going anywhere. You know, we know you need us. (laughs) We're not talking about leaving. We're not talking about going anywhere. We're not not flipping out about some losses. They're not in some rough stretch here. I could see someone tweeting this out if we started the season like 1-19, and you know? Right. We only lost that game to Toronto because we couldn't hit fucking anything. I can't even believe we were in that game as long as we were, which I think right. says a lot. Uh, so it was a little, I thought it was a little bit of a weird tweet, but I, I felt good coming from him. I think he is like, you know, everything he said before the season about wanting to be here and want to be part of a turnaround rather than join like a ready-made team. And then he tweets yeah, this as, out, as little, it felt good. Exactly. As little as he's played thus far, you know, it's now two games in now that he's actually seen minutes. He's got the three most memorable interactions with Nick fans, you know, one coming, you know, on the first presser that they had with Nick's media in that media week, um, you know, where he's talking about why he signed here. The um, there was uh, some comments that he made in, uh, I think it was right after one of the practices right before that Toronto game, uh, talking about how much work that they've been putting into it and about how he's not that worried about how he's going to perform in the game shooting wise, but the, the fact that he's going to hustle because that's what Thibodeau has made this team become to this point was that nobody's ever going to have an off night against the Knicks and Thibodeau's made them believe that. Um, So there was that. And then there was this post after that. So yeah, he's really made a huge effort to become a leader on this team. Even if he's not going to be in the top five, top six, top seven of minutes getters on this team, he's going to make sure that he's a presence. I mean, at 29 years old, he's one of the vets on this team. You know, he's been around the block you know, in the NBA more than other guys have on this team. They need somebody like that. So yeah, if he could come in, if he can, you know, insert himself, even in the few minutes that he may get on this team, we saw Thibodeau trusted him, you know, against Indiana playing in those late minutes in the game. You know, it's going to be a great role for him and, and really something that the Knicks need. Yeah. So for the for the first five games of the season, even the first six games, we're missing a lot of guys, right? We've been missing Rivers almost the whole time. Quickly's been out since he left in the first game. Obi's been out since the first game. DSJ's been out for a while. Frank's been in and out. He's out right now. Alec Burks has been out. Um, So they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, but we finally got Austin back. Uh, We got Emmanuel Quickly back against Indiana. 
big win against Indi- against the four and one Pacers, one of the best teams in the East. A lot of celebrity tweets after the game, right, guys? What what did Stephen A. say? Yeah, Stephen A. Who you know. I mean, the last few years, whenever he has anything to say about the Knicks, it's mocking them or it's putting them down. Um, but he tweeted this after the game to, uh, against Indiana. Okay, RJ Barrett. Okay, Austin Rivers. Okay, New York Knicks. I'm watching. I see y'all. I see y'all playing hard every night and getting better too. I'm watching. I'm watching. Way to go. Now, first of all, fuck Stephen A. Smith, right? That's a, that's a far different tune than- The New York Knicks look like straight trash. The fuck Stephen A. Smith? He's going to jump back on the bandwagon now? And what does he mean, I see Austin Rivers? But how do you not mention fucking Julius Randle? Randle, invincible, indefensible, folks. That's right. The the key Nick, you know, thus far. Jay, are you allowed to play two sound clips within like a minute of each other? Why not? I'll do whatever (laughs) I want to do. (laughs) And then what did Ben Stiller say? Uh, yeah, and Ben Stiller, I don't think he even, you know, we, we know he's a Nick fan because we see him at MSG from time to time. But uh, yeah, he simply tweeted out, Nick's win again. That's it. Before this game, RJ Barrett, he missed 21 straight three-pointers, shooting 30-something percent from the field. You thought he shot bad last season. Through the first five games, he was way worse. But against Indiana, a great comeback game. And I think that's become coming characteristic for him, right? Has an awful game and he follows it up with a very solid one. 42 minutes, 25 points, five rebounds, three assists. Just just a great game from him, especially after how horrible he was in the last one. Yeah, it's so great seeing his shots fall. That's the big thing from RJ that we're waiting for. You know, we know that he's got you know, a good head on his shoulders and we know that he can drive to the basket and, you know, he converts on most of those drives to the lane. He could get himself to the line. But what's been the most inconsistent part of his game through all of last year, through, you know, the majority of the games this season has been his three-point shot. So when those fall, I mean, you feel so so happy for him. You feel like a proud papa when those are falling. He was four or five against Indiana. So you love to see that. Um, you know, you mentioned 42 minutes this game. That's the most minutes he's played by far, um, in a, at least in a non-overtime game. Um, you know, and he was, and there was talk, you know, last year about all the minutes he was getting. And, and you know, I don't think you're going to hear anybody complaining about these minutes that he got. You know, Tibbs is going to leave you on the floor if, you, if you're doing well and if you're having a good game. And, and, and you know, especially if, if, if you could get your confidence back in a game like this, give this guy as many minutes as you can. You know, and you're going to hope that that confidence carries through. Yeah, you mentioned his poor free throw shooting last year. He was five of six from the line, had two big free throws towards the end of this game. Tibbs trusts him. You know, he does a lot out on the floor. He's a great team guy, which I think is why we want his shot to fall, because if his shot starts falling, he's just such a valuable player. He's valuable no matter what, even when it's not falling, because he does so much of everything. He does. And, and, you know, he's a guy that even even with all the success he's had driving to the lane, he doesn't close his eyes. He keeps his eyes open. He still looks to dish it out if it's not there for himself and if a guy is open. You know, um, there's still a lot more that you like about his game than you dislike. Yeah. And this was a typical Tibbs game, right? He played nine guys. He played his starters all huge minutes. The bench guys, the four bench guys 
Two of them played 15. Knox and Quickly each played 15 minutes. Austin Rivers and Nerlens Noel, the only other two guys off the bench with 17. The starters played, all the starters played 30 plus minutes about. And and, and you got to remember, at least, you know, with Quickly, he's coming off, you know, that, that hip Absolutely. injury. So, you know, you don't want to throw him in there for too long. You know, you want to ease him into it as much as we like to see him out there. Yeah. Plus, Alfred was playing a good game too. So, exactly. You know. And like we said, they've been dealing with some injuries. Uh, the next guy, the next most minutes on the team, and it makes sense, Julius Randle played 37 minutes. He did not have the, the same kind of games as he's been having, no big points this game, but I think that was what was most impressive. Uh, Julius finished with 12 points, 5 for 16 shooting, but 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, yeah, and really what? good D late in the game. And he really was good pumped D, yeah, about quietly it. knocking on the door of another triple-double. Triple-double, yeah. Which, you know, it didn't even feel like it. But yeah, that, that first half of his, he was taking a lot of bad shots. Shots that normally he would pass up on. But he was trying to force up a lot in the first half. It felt he really settled into his game, you know, that, that second half. He's been knocking on the door of triple-doubles four of the six games this season. It's really incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> a different different player that he's become you know really a, a team guy when it comes down to it and, and like you said I mean the defense in this particular game especially after the game Sabonis had against the Knicks um, always in the first us, game of Sabonis. the season yeah okay Sabonis um, he was the NBA player of the week he kills everybody he always kills us yeah, but yeah he game played the first time they played and he was like non-existent tonight yeah but last season Julius if he wasn't having a good offensive game even when he was having a great offensive game, actually, he hurt you in every other way possible. All right. Defensively, turnovers. Giving up on plays, not hustling back. Offensive fouls, the spins, everything about him hurt you, except you left him in there just because he had that offensive game. You needed points. Now it's amazing how he had a bad offensive game, but he was doing everything else so well that Thibodeau had to put him in, he had to play him for 37 minutes, which is just an incredible turnout. It's the opposite player of last season. Yeah, and we're still at the point where, I mean, number one, look, he's producing and he's producing in a way that it's helping his teammates and it's helping the Knicks stay in games, if not win games. Um, It hasn't really gotten under our skin at all because of everything I just mentioned. But secondly, the fact that Obi Toppin still can't play. You know, um, it'll be interesting to see how his minutes get affected. Um, Toppins, you know, with Julius Randle on the floor, how long, you know, a lot of things are going to factor into it. Like, number one, how long can Randle sustain this type of play? And secondly, how long, you know, do we want to see him eating up Toppins' minutes? Although we did see, you know, in the preseason and in the first game that Thibodeau's not afraid to play Toppin and Randle together. The thing is, how how are the Knicks going to look, you know, as a cohesive unit with with that lineup together. Well, listen, like we were just talking about the players off the bench tonight, Knox, Noel, Rivers, and Quickly. There's not one power forward <laughs> coming off the bench right now for the Knicks. So there are minutes for him. It's actually a really thin team right now with all these injuries, which is another reason why you have to be, feel so positive about this team. Yeah. About how every night they're playing so hard and they're in every single game. And they're just playing like such a well-coached team. The D they're playing... Uh, they're all over the place. They're playing for each other. Yeah. It's amazing how the team has this mindset with that short of a training camp, that short of a preseason. And it's really great to see. Yeah. I mean, we've heard it about Thibodeau that, you know, he has them do things, you know, a hundred times in practice 
you know, if he doesn't feel that they've done it right, he just has to do it again and again and again. It's that attention to detail that you're starting to see them just, you know, it looks natural to them. And when has, you know, uh, a team defense of the New York Knicks looked natural and just looked like it was going to be a given to them? You know, it was so impressive the way that they closed out that game against Indiana and did not falter. And, you know, we're just possession after possession. We're just all over and just a swarming defense against the Pacers. Yeah, what did they go up by 10 in the third quarter, right? They were up by 10, and then the next thing you know, they were down by a basket or by a point, and they kept flip-flopping there for a while, and it looked like you know an old Knicks team probably would have folded completely, and they just kept at it, especially when... Um, Indiana kept hitting all those threes. Well, Brogdon the the shot was clock, nuts. And, and you know what? Quarter. I want to say fuck Malcolm Brogdon because he had oh. a, easily his career night. And he's been in the league. You know, he's gotten accolades. He never, this was his best game by far. 33 points, seven assists. He was 12 of 18 from the field. He was seven to 10 for the three. But you know what? It, it doesn't matter. He, he's not able to celebrate it because the Knicks took this win Away yeah, from him. I think I think Indiana hit two threes at the end of the shot clock as the buzzer went off, and then hit the three at the end of the third as the buzzer went off. That's and very harsh, Brad. You're saying fuck Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, because why not? Shit. Wait, do you mean in a good way or you mean the bad way? Is is there a good way to fuck Malcolm Brogdon? Is he married? I think his wife, if he's married, probably could think okay. of a few I ways. I don't know where okay, that's a weird. Here's, that's a weird angle to go in. All right. Here's Thibodeau about Julius Randle after the game. Um, um, I, I guess he gets much of the credit, but uh, can you talk about the job Julius did on Sabonis tonight? Yeah, well, he's a tough, tough matchup. So uh, I thought that took a lot of energy from him. And, you know, a guy like that, you, you can't guard individually. You have to guard with your whole team. I thought our team gave the appropriate help, uh, and he put a lot of pressure on us. And so it's great to come in here and, and get a win. This team is playing as well as anyone in the league. So, uh, and they got a lot of weapons and they could, they can hurt you off the dribble. And Brogdon had a huge game, you know, Turner hurt us with the three. Fuck Brogdon, right, Perry. But uh, right. Fuck overall, Malcolm. I thought our defense was really good. The rebounding, the effort, it's hard to win on the road. And uh, it's, it's a good solid win for us. And the thing that I like the best is we showed improvement from that first game that we played out here. So he didn't really talk about Julius Randle specifically, but Julius Randle did have that big moment late in the fourth, right? Where I think Sabonis was trying to get an offensive rebound. He held him off and Sabonis got called for an offensive foul. Julius was pumped, flexed after that. And then right after that, got a steal, uh, raced down the court for a fast break dunk and basically put the game away. Huge moments for him late in the fourth. Another guy with a big game who... Seems to have either a great game or a horrible game. Alfred Payton, uh, 19 points, five assists, eight rebounds. Another one flirting with a triple-double. I don't want to say he was really good, but he came through when it counted. <laughs> right? He's, he's, he such was... a, he's, he's such a, an enigma on the court. He, <laughs> he throws up air balls from the paint a couple times in this game. A couple of times, but, does but come the through. majority of them he connected on and... and I'm fine. I mean, if he gets himself to the paint, first of all, he usually does that as a backup plan. If whatever they're trying to do, whether it's, you know, uh, a pick and roll that doesn't work or, you know, after a few passes and, and nothing doesn't open up and he ends up with the ball, he'll make something happen. And I don't have a problem with him shooting it from around the rim. You know, it's when he <laughs> tries to do it from beyond the arc that I have an issue with. So, I mean, in this game, that's the type of game I want to see from Peyton. And he got to the rack so much against Indiana. 
Um, and he was super effective. Yeah, a couple of three-point plays, right, in the fourth quarter, I think? Yeah, two big three-point plays. Oh, and I liked his kicks tonight. I don't know if you noticed his shoes. I loved the shoes. Were those yeah, his? Had... Is that what the Knicks tweeted out? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't see that, but they were multicolored. You know, I liked when they have like the I think that was, the Knicks shoes. tweeted out something about the kicks, but they didn't show the player. They just showed a tight on the shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, when the Knicks get production from the point guard spot, I mean, it totally changes that team. Mitchell Robinson had his best game of the season so far, right? 16 points, nine rebounds, two blocks. Yeah, dude, it felt like to me he had like 20 rebounds. It felt he was just pulling down so many boards. Like I looked every at the box single score, one of his nine. points was on a rebound, basically. <laughs> right, exactly. That's why I, I felt like I was so much. And he was a plus 10 in this game, by far the most more than any other Nick. He had three personal fouls by the half, didn't get another one the rest of the game, which we all know is impressive for him. Uh, had so many put back on the on the offensive boards, putting it back in, tipping it back in, a couple alley-oops from Peyton. Yeah, and how about the fact, you know, we were all talking about, you know, this uh, competition between Robinson and Noel, how, you know, it didn't seem like this coaching staff was behind Robinson. And yet from game one, you know, of the regular season, he started every game. And you look at the minute distribution between him and Noel, where a lot of us assumed, regardless of which one was going to start, they were going to get equal pay- playing time. But if you go back and you look at each of these games, starting from Indiana, Robinson, 27 minutes compared to Noel, 17. The game before that, 25 to 18, 31 to 16, 34 to 13, 25 to 15. Robinson is getting, you know, by far, you know, a tremendous amount more minutes and playing time than Noel. Um, they, they really got his data. back. <laughs> they take that for data. <laughs> there's really no, there's been no comparison, you know? And I don't even know if it's a credit to Mitch, but Nerlens is not anywhere near as good as Mitch. Um, it's great to have really? a similar type player coming off the bench. I don't think he is. I don't know. He he's to me he seems to play a lot smaller than Mitch. Nerlens crumbled against Dwight when he played him. Mitch doesn't crumble like that against anybody, you know. He's not right. intimidated by anyone. I, I don't think it's been even close between Nerlens and Mitch. But it is amazing that we were all wondering if Nerlens was going to start, but I have not been impressed with Nerlens. I like how he comes off the bench and does a lot of the same stuff as Mitch, but he's nowhere near the player. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and it's apparent. He's just going to be in the, there for those few minutes when the Knicks don't have Robinson in there and when they're not playing small ball. You know, which we're, we're gonna, we're, it's, they're going to go back to it. You know, it's pretty evident, the, you know, from the glimpses that we've seen when Toppin was healthy, it was on the court, that they are going to run that rotation you know, probably for, you know, a good 10 minutes a game with both Toppin and Randall out there. I think two other guys who had who had some important points did not get a lot of playing time, but have significantly upgraded the Knicks backcourt since they made their returns. Austin Rivers and Emmanuel quickly. Rivers had 15 points in 17 minutes. He was three for six from three, had some nice drives to the hoop. One of those threes, he's really three for five in my eyes, because one of those threes, he like launched up as a Hail Mary at the end of a shot clock. That's true. But he gave us that New Year's message and he came through tonight. I mean, he yeah. he laid it all out on the line. In only 17 minutes, he was really effective. You know, he he was playing hard. He hit his head on the bottom of that hoop. That's right. That one yeah, end, his neck got stayed switched. in, kept, kept going. He was great to have late in the game on the floor, have that veteran presence. Uh, I would feel really comfortable when he's in the game and the ball's in his hands. Yeah, I mean, he had, and he's got moves. I mean, he had a little jab step to get himself open for a three, and he made that three. He had a crossover move where he got an easy layup after he blew by his defender. You know, he he does a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, he's a guy that you really don't 
you know, at least up to this point, you don't have to worry about. And like you said, yeah, you feel comfortable with him out on the floor. You know, we shared some minutes with Quickly. Yeah, he's like you said, he has the moves, he has the handle, he can hit the three. I mean, honestly, I think that once he gets going and he practices with the team a lot and he's several games in, he's comfortable. Uh, I mean, I think he could supplant Alfred at the point guard spot. You know, I hope that Emmanuel Quickly could too. Um, I would honestly rather have either one of them running the team, even though Alfred has had some good moments. Yeah, well, it's shooting. You know, they provide shooting. There, there was a point in the second quarter when you had Mitchell Robinson there and next to him you had Knox, Bullock, Rivers, and Quickly. And I actually felt like we had shooters on the floor. I never feel like that. And I know Knox hasn't been shooting the lights out, but I, 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 I do believe in his shot. Um, you know, it looks good. I feel like it's going to go in. You know, he doesn't, he, well, he had one bad miss against Indiana, but beyond that, you know, they usually look on target, but like, I, I, I felt that we actually had a shooting lineup on the floor with those guys. And then we had Emmanuel making his return, just played 15 minutes. It was great to have him back. You know, he, it was almost like he didn't miss a step. He had nine points, two assists in 15 minutes, seven points, in that second quarter or first half, in very limited time, he looked really good out there, especially for missing all that time. And I'm sure he hasn't practiced in weeks. They also mentioned, I don't know if you heard, he was able to, he, he drew five fouls. You know, oh, so yeah. He was, oh, he's so good. That's something we've been yeah. seeing from him, you know, all season long in the limited amount of time he's been in there is, yeah. You know, he always tries to get that shooting call, but the refs really don't do that anymore. They kind of cut down on that the last couple of seasons where, you know, they don't want to give them that continuation and, you know, and send them to the free throw line. But, uh, but yeah, just drawing the fouls in general, he's amazing at it. And he's been complimented on it, not just from the broadcast guys, but, you know, from Thibodeau also. He said he's brilliant at it. Do you, did you see the, the Thibodeau comment in the post game when they asked him yeah. about Emmanuel quickly? Yeah, I have it here. Because he lit up. When they asked him about quickly. Oh, yeah. He, he, it was high, uh, high praise. He, I mean, you won't be able to see it, but the smile on Thibodeau's face, yeah, he lit up like a Christmas tree. And he yeah, he actually a like, took a second, you know, to, to, to let his <laughs> smile air out before he even uh, composed his thoughts. And Thibodeau doesn't smile much. Thomas, what did you see from Emmanuel come back tonight? Did he pretty much pick up where he left off? Yeah, I mean, a little rust, obviously, but overall very pleased, good energy. Uh, and you, you can see... He's clever in terms of drawing fouls, which is very important. Uh, and he'll get his rhythm really quickly. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's really talented you can hear and he's it. smart and he, he's a great worker. And I love his attitude. I love his approach. Uh, he's going to be a really good player in this league for a long time. He's going to be a really good player. Yeah, you could hear that little like giggle. Yeah. He's going to be a really good player in this league for a long time. And Breen... You know, Breen mentioned during the broadcast, drafted, was it 25, 25th in the first round? A lot of a lot of people were expecting him to go in the second round. And he has obviously shown that he's a great talent. It's amazing they got him that late. And then did you hear what Frazier said? No. Fra- Fra- Frazier after that was like, oh yeah, who who's that coach from Kentucky? And I was like, do you know about Caleb Harry? You never know with Frazier. <laughs> Is he talking about John Calip? Does he not know John Calipari's name? And Fraser's like, that coach Kentucky who's on the team is an assistant coach right now. And you're like, what? And Breen was like, uh, Kenny Payne? <laughs> oh, yeah, Kenny Payne. He probably was in his ear telling him that Emmanuel was really good. 
Dude, how does Clyde just shows not up? Know you know, this. He, he's he's not there to know the names of the Knicks assistant coaches. I mean, that's not. They don't. They don't need him to know that. They don't expect him to know that. Don't you feel like he's he's laying around on his beach and where does he stay in some island? Right, he lives on some island somewhere all off season, and then he just rolls up to the garden. He's like, "All right, show me the roster. I have no idea what we did I mean, this off season." All they need him to do is wear a loud suit, <laughs> rhyme a bunch of times, and just remind people of when the Knicks were good and won a couple of championships. Yeah, that's, I mean, Breen. Talk about like opposites because Breen is so not only polished, but he's like so prepared. He knows everything about everything. He's like on top of what's going on on Twitter. He's on top of what's going on on Instagram. Pop culture, he knows, cause, and he always puts Clyde to shame with that. He's trying to, you know, help Clyde out with those types of things. But yeah, Clyde just, you know, he knows about playing basketball. You know, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, 50 feet wide, but not wide enough. He's right. plenty of opportunities to say that tonight. He did, yeah, including that one, the 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 awful call against Austin Rivers. You know, what it wasn't the fuck even close. was that? That was ridiculous. Yeah, what, did you replay that like a hundred times to see? How, I didn't how? have to. I mean, I did. I was watching with my son, and and we saw it. Then, like, I replayed it for my son to show. Like, it wasn't even close. Was not Crazy. even close. He stepped back his foot a little bit. Not even close to the line. <laughs> the Knicks should have got two out. wins tonight because they beat the Pacers and they beat the refs. Because there was a bunch of calls against the Knicks that were, were that were questionable. Ooh, that's strong, Barry. You know, when, the, when, when, when it was a close game with like four or five minutes left, guys, I, I was convinced we were going to lose because we don't have that established go-to player from the end of games like these other teams do, like Sabonis or Oladipo, right? So in the past, we would always lose these games. We might keep it close for a while, but then who are we going to late? Julius That was Randall, your feeling, huh? RJ that was your Barrett. deep down feeling? That was my feeling that we were going to lose, Yeah. See, I had I was open minded. I was even because we haven't had a game yet like this. this you weren't close wondering who we were going to go to down the stretch of that game. I was just wondering if there was going to be just like you know these are the types of games. Oftentimes, with a young team where they just make you know dumb mistakes or sloppy pla- uh, sloppy passes, you know, in the last two minutes of the game, and you blow it. Um, but we haven't seen this Thibodeau coached team yet in such a close game in the in the final minute so i had an open mind and man yeah i was i was elated now what was interesting we didn't really need that go-to player because we had kind of like a go-to defense and that was basically why we were able to pull it through right we didn't need the go-to guy because we just didn't let them score a lot on our end and look when you don't have a superstar on your team and and we don't not even close to it you know, um, you could say Julius Randle's putting up superstar numbers, but we know that that's not gonna that's not gonna remain the whole season. When you don't have that, you need a strong defense. That's your superstar. That's your backbone, and that's what's gonna keep you in these games and help you win out some close games like this. So yeah, I mean, what a what a great feeling that was that that the Knicks were actually able to 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 put the money where their mouth has been, you know, into this season, which was we're gonna rely on Thibodeau's, you know coaching his defensive background and our hustle and and they did it the entire team everyone on that roster everyone who's getting playing time is playing d one of the interesting things i noticed compared to last year's team was barry last year all the time we would talk about all the one-dimensional players we had on this roster yeah right you had guys who just could score points but didn't do anything else or just played on one end of the floor right now with thibodeau's team everyone's playing on both ends of the floor Everyone's putting up 
numbers in a variety of ways. Yeah, and, and if you can't if you can't do those things, he's not going to play you. Whether it's points, rebounds, assists, we had fifty one rebounds against Indiana, out rebounded them by nineteen boards. Six players with five plus rebounds. Julius Randle had eight assists. Peyton had five assists. A lot of guys putting up a variety of different numbers, which is much different than I remember from last year. Listen, we're six games in. We're three and three. Three out of our last four games we won. We're not winning them because someone's shooting lights out here. These are team wins. No single player won the game against Indiana for them, right? Did RJ win this game for them? No. No. Everybody contributed except Kevin Knox. I'm sorry, Kevin. (laughs) Kevin! Kevin, who got you excited against Toronto with his 16 points and six boards, looked really good. He's shown a few moments early this season. Well, he was in Tampa. It was his only time to in be his in hometown, Tampa, you know, yeah. to, 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 to this point. <laughs> with that awful haircut. Oh. Which, yeah, what, what the fuck that? happened there? How does that happen for an NBA player? Dude, I have, don't know. Listen, for me, I don't make fun of people's hair because I, if I would kill for Kevin Knox's hair. You would? <laughs> Absolutely. It would, yeah. I mean, I almost said that in that tweet. I would kill for that, even that, whatever was going on in the back of his hair. I would take that for the rest of my life. All right. Yeah. But, but he, how does he's that had a, happen? He's how had a bad happen? haircut since the day he was drafted, but that's just that's a bad true. style. No, no. no. He was, was fine yes, last yes. season. No, no, no. It was a bad style, but I'm sure it was done the way he wanted it. It's, but the, what, it's what, just what, what you saw the other day was like somebody fucked up. Like that no, was, but this that season, cr- he's he's let it go during whatever's going on right now with COVID. He's let his hair go. Last year, he had like mohawks and fauxhawks and had a nice buzz going on. Now it's just like, I don't know if he's changed his shampoo or there's no water pressure where he's shampoo. living. You know what he could probably, oh no, that's not the right time. Forget it. I was going to go into a Manscaped ad, but we got a special spot for that. <laughs> Guys, what happens if... I'm calling him King Julius from now on. What happens if King Julius keeps this going? Oh, what what do we do with his option? If he becomes a near triple-double machine all year, are you tempted to trade him at the deadline and get some major assets back? Or are you tempted to keep him on this team and keep him through next season? I don't think it's an easy answer, Craig. I mean, if he's doing what he's doing... All season long, or at least, you know, three quarters of the way through the season, it would be hard for me to let him go. Even at, you know, 19.8 or whatever the dollar amount is, just under 20 million that he'd be getting next year. That's that's a great value still at that price if he continues playing like that. I can't see this being just like that he's playing like this because it is, you know, because his contract is coming up. No, no, no. It doesn't seem like that. The better the better he plays, the more likely the Knicks are to keep him. It seems like he's wiser. And look, this isn't a guy that's like having this fluke season late in his career. He's 26 years, right? 25, 26 years, 26 years old. He's 26. You know, he's entering his prime. It's it's an interesting conversation to be having considering the ones we had, you know, like a month ago. Well, yeah. I I, I don't, unless you could trade him for some sort of the point guard you always wanted. I wouldn't, I don't, I think I would keep him. We know that free agents aren't running here and- if Thibodeau, if this coaching staff, if Kenny Payne somehow is able to unlock Julius Randle, unlock King Julius, which it looks like they may have. First of all, like you said, this is not this is not some 
some player who before this year showed no signs of talent and is now all of a sudden having a great six games, right? He's got all the talent in the world. Someone just seems to have been able to nudge him in the right way of 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 how to play with with higher IQ, how to play smarter, and it's totally changed his game. He legitimately seems happy with distributing the ball, you know, and and getting assists for other guys. You know, it's a it's a stat that he didn't always have in his arsenal. You know, obviously he likes having the ball in his hands. And look, if it means you know a few times out of the game, you know, you've got Point Julius, you know, under your team. A lot of times it's been working out for us. And it's been working out for the other guys around him. Look, he's 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 been doing so well that he does draw in the other team. You know, they do collapse on him. And it's leaving guys wide open. And we finally have some guys that can shoot the rock a little bit here. You know, obviously there's been some inconsistent games thus far, but they've got they've got the wherewithal I think to do it and be successful. Like it's hard to just throw that away for something that you don't know what you're getting. You know, whether it's a draft pick, whether it's, like you said, a, a point guard, but you're not going to get a clear-cut star point guard for him. It's not going to equate to that. I wonder how people felt, you know, the people who before the season were saying that he was trash and, you know, they should be starting Obi. I wonder how those people are feeling right about now. Let's ignore that. So if, if he legitimately <laughs> is a 20-point game, let's say if he's legitimately an 18 points a game, 10 rebounds, seven or eight assists player oh, at dude. 26 years old, you don't, you're not going to trade for a player like that. You're not going to sign another player like that. So why would you ever give up no. a player like that? And he's how playing many defense. Times, dude, how many times have the Nick fans blasted the front office of the Knicks for signing a guy who is at the tail end of his career? That's on. That's trending downward. Now you're talking about a front office that signed a guy that's on the upswing, that's going into his prime, that's changed his game for you, and that you have the chance to re-sign him on a team option deal and then hopefully keep him here in New York if your team starts doing better. You had the foresight for once on a player. You know, again, look, this it's super early. You know, it's crazy that we're, we're talking like the six games in on a, on a 72-game season. Um, and we have no idea, you know, if he's going to be able to keep this up. But again, we're seeing things that we didn't see before from him. I Again, if you would have asked me this a month ago, I it would be hard for me to hear what I'm saying now. But I would I would totally resign him. Me too. Wait, you mean... You mean pick up the option or do you mean pick, pick up, up the option. extension? Pick up the oh, option. Okay. You know, re-signing him, you know, that that fortunately is, is is something that the Knicks don't have to think about for quite some time. And even the team option, they've got time on their side for that too with the remainder of the season. All right, you all hear that music? This is the news with Blanderson Hooper, presented by Manscaped. Support for It's a Hard Knicks Life is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Barry, would you like to talk about a time when you've hurt your balls while trimming below the belt? Or a funny ball-trimming story? It's funny you ask, Craig. Man, which one do I talk about? There's so many. What about that time in college when Jason was trimming your balls? Excuse me, Oh yes, Who can forget... We were in the bathroom of a sorority house one night. Erroneous! Erroneous! <laughs> this was in 2001. We weren't even in college in 2001. 
You sit on a throne of lies. Oh, I'm sorry. This was in 1997. <laughs> this kind of technology did not exist back then. You did not have the lawnmower that would light up your pubic hairs to see what you were doing down there. And you could do it in the shower. No, here you had Jason on his knees using a Bic razor on Barry. Totally different I mean, just, time. Just the thought of that. You know what? I? Oh, my God. I just... I have both cried and I have thrown up. I mean, that's disgusting. And you would have to go, Abs- and you would have to get the, from the tush all the way to the bush with oh that pick on Barry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, these days you get to use the lawnmower, all right? And you get to use manscaped.com. Go there to get 20% off and free shipping with code HARDNICKSLIFE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code HARDNICKSLIFE. Your balls will thank you. My New Year's resolution is to have nicer looking balls, and yours should be too. Thank fuck for that. And that's another thing, another New Year's resolution that this podcast makes possible. I actually um, sprayed myself with the toner uh, before. It's been a long day, and I just wanted to freshen up a little bit before I sat down and spent, you know, this quality time with you guys. It's the way the basketball bounces. All right. Well, let's start off with uh, some drama in mm. the um, LeBron James family. Um, Love it. I don't know if you guys saw this, but apparently Bronny, 16-year-old Bronny, liked a pic on Instagram that had been posted by Larsa Pippen, who's the mother of one of his friends and the uh, ex of uh, Scotty. And as soon as that happened... Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a site called Black Sports Online. They've got some interesting stories there. Uh, Black Sports Online went with a with a whole big story, uh, scandalous, uh, and basically said that 46-year-old Larsa Pippen was then sliding into the DMs of 16-year-old Bronny to try and get with, uh, get with Bronny. Things seemed to uh, blow over until both LeBron's wife and then LeBron himself came out on Instagram, and they were not... They were not happy. Everybody has, of course, completely denied the whole thing. I don't know if you know this, but Larsa Pippen, who again is 46, was in the news recently because she broke up Malik Beasley's marriage of the Timberwolves, who's what, 23, 24? How does Larsa Pippen look? holding hands with her, so his wife's leaving him now. Oh, she looks good, Craig. Oh, wait, let me look this up. Very fake looking. Very fake looking. Larsa? Yeah, Larsa Pippen. Larsa Pippen. Oh, Oh. She's had some work done. <laughs> yes. That is not... How old is she? 46. Holy shit. That's what money and, and a good uh, plastic surgeon will do for you. Wow. But yeah, so she broke up Malik Beasley's marriage and then, uh, you know, rumors of her and and uh, and Bronny trying to get a piece of that um, LeBron empire. And what was LeBron and, and Mrs. LeBron... What were they upset about? Who were they mad at? Black sports online? Oh, they were uh, mad at the media, actually. You know, he's just a kid, especially his wife, saying he's just a kid. And yeah, his dad's famous, but you need to leave him out of the spotlight and that sort of thing. And what it's were not, the DMs? It's not what, right. Do we have any of Bronny's tw- DMs to her? No. No, we do not. Blenderson, you know, you got to get your hands dirty sometimes and do some digging. Here is um, Mrs. James's statement. With everything going on in this world right now, this is the shit y'all talking about. At the end of the day, y'all talking about a minor. I don't care what type of celebrity y'all think he is. He's a child and the bullshit needs to stop. Y'all got the right one. What does that mean, y'all got the right one? I don't know, but um, 
Check out Malik Beasley's wife. Kind of looks like Larsa Pippen. <laughs> well, they're both very, they got very fake looking faces. What else you got? For the news? Or do you Is that it? For Lars- no, God, oh. no. No, of course not. <laughs> Tons of other news. What other photos? Tons. Yeah. I mean, how many photos do you think we can share of Larsa Pippen or Malik Beasley's wife while we're supposed to be doing a podcast? <laughs> Let's see, what other photos do you have, Jay? There's plenty if you go to Google. If you go to the Googles. All right, I don't know if you guys saw on uh, December 30th, Greg Popovich got kicked out of a game uh, against the Lakers, took a look at Becky Hammond and basically said, you're in charge, and uh, walked off the court, and Becky Hammond became the first woman to ever coach an NBA game. I think last year he got kicked out of a game, and he chose Tim Duncan. Right. To uh, take over the team, Duncan's no longer with the team. Obviously, there are other assistants, but for whatever reason, he chose uh, Becky Hammond, and so uh, history was made. Speaking of Tim Duncan, Carmelo just passed him to become the 14th highest scorer in NBA history. Yeah, I've got some, yeah, some updates on some some players that you guys love here. So KP, mm. full practice this past Tuesday, full practice. So he went from zero on five to five on five pretty damn quick. Uh, and Rick Carlisle continues to say he thinks that he'll see him in the next couple of weeks out on the floor. Would it be unbelievable if if our lottery pick next season is not one of our own, but just Dallas's, and then <laughs> the next pick is like in the t- fucking twenties or something? Dallas is two and three as we record this. Luca Luca is not shooting so great from three point land this year. Other players we love to talk about: Kyrie, crazy Kyrie. In my past life, like I said, I was you. I was you. I was you. What you are now, that's what I'm up here. Uh, and we do know that he's crazy, but um, I don't know if you guys know, he does a lot for the community uh, and is always doing stuff uh, charitably. He announced the other day that he was paying the tuition for nine kids at uh, Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. Oh, hold and on. And then the on. only other... What, yeah? yeah? You're fined. What did I do? Can't be positive shit about Kyrie in this show. What do you mean? I mean, the guy did something good. When he does something crazy, we'll say he did something crazy. Uh, that's that's pretty. Right, well, impressive. Craig, we just got to balance it out now. That's all. So, uh, Blanderson, what is the Brooklyn Nets record right now? It is three and three. Oh, we're tied in the standings. Oh yeah, pretty good. Um, Hall of Fame player and coach Paul Westfall uh, died at the age of seventy. I believe he had a. Brain, brain cancer or brain tumor or something like that. And um, yeah, that's the way basketball bounces. You can't, you're going to end it on that? It's such a downer. <laughs> um, should I bring up Larsa Pippen again? Did you ever watch the news at night? They usually end with like a happy story. Do they? With the death yeah, of you should have led with, you should have led with that. Led with that? Yeah. Yeah. How's this for... Like happier. TJ Warren is uh, about to undergo surgery for a fractured left foot. There you go. Got that. That's I got that. That's. You think that's better? I don't know. You guys want to hear some voicemails? Yeah. What's up, Hard Nigs Life? What's up, Craig? What's up, Barry? What's up, Jay? Yeah, this is uh, L from Southside. Listen, man, you guys are funny. Y'all are funny as hell, for real. Um. I just want to call to tell y'all to keep keep up the good work. I listen, I just listened to y'all last podcast. Y'all was talking about the other um, 
podcast shows. You are by far my favorite ones. I just want y'all to know that. Y'all be hearing a little. Y'all be hearing more from uh, L from uh, Southside in the future. So, like I said, I just wanted to say keep up the good work, and I'll highlight at you later. It's a hard next life. He's out. Oh, no, I got nervous. I thought he was going to start, you know, talking shit about the other podcasts again. That wouldn't have been good. <laughs> Craig, I mean, where, the is, last thing, where is the South Side? Opposite the North. Isn't he talking about Chicago? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. We should ask. We we should ask Moby and Gwen Stefani about the South Side. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. You must be. T- I mean, I assume he's talking about Chicago. Who says South Side? If they're talking about anything but Chicago, what we need to do is. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Okay, so what South Side are you talking about, El? Yeah, we want to know. Tweet at us or leave another voicemail. It's it's probably so obvious, but you're talking about th- you're talking to three dudes who who are just not that cool. All right, <laughs> three Long Island boys, <laughs> three Long From Island boys who have no idea what you're fucking talking about. I assume it's Chicago. Is he talking about like the South Side of Huntington or uh, Manhasset? Maybe south of Houston in Manhattan. <laughs> are you to L? Are you the talking south about side South Side of Great L? Are you talking about Southampton? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I don't think South so. Hampton. The south side of the fork, of the Long Island Fork. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> the South Shore. The South Shore, maybe? <laughs> right. Why couldn't he be talking about the south side of Manhattan? I mean, don't you think that's what he's talking about? <laughs> Chicago? Up. He's got to be talking about Chicago. Is there a south side of, like, Brooklyn? I don't know. Meanwhile, after our show last week, where we, where we did not rip on the other podcasts. We did nothing of the sort. We said no. nothing. We just played it. I had some people tweeting at me, DMing me. Oh, did you? Telling me, you know, about the other podcasts, the, the, their names, who they are, how to get in touch with them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we know all this. We know. Honestly, we played it up, but we know all the guys. And then, and then um, Macri, like, thanked everybody under the moon <laughs> or shouted everyone out for, like, a New Year's tweet. And then I felt bad even playing that voicemail. For like at least a day. Because he mentioned us. Got this. Hey guys, this is Ralph. Just got through watching that game. This is Ralph, by the way, who is the most happy Knicks fan you will ever hear in your life. He's now called he's, in before. He's from the south side. South side of yeah. the US. Well, is right? he from Virginia? Is he from Virginia? I don't know. Something about Ralph makes me think that he has no idea how bad the Knicks are or have been. <laughs> Well, not this year. Hey, guys, this is Ralph. Just got through watching that game. Isn't it wonderful to have such a victory? Have a good night, guys. Bye. How does he not put you in a great mood, Barry? (laughs) We got a few Twitter questions, guys. You ready? There you go. All right. Even if we get no superstar, can we go far in the playoffs if coaches unlock the rotation's total offensive potential with the stingy D we got? No. When I think about playoffs, my nipples get hurt. There you go. He got it in. He got it in. He did. He did. Uh, The answer is no, Craig. Easy answer is no. Um, You know, somebody asked me last week, um, they put it out there, like, what's your craziest Knicks take? Um, you know, on the season, this early on in the season. And, and I said it's that the Knicks finish in 10th place, they win the playing game, and they get into the playoffs, and then, you know, they lose in the first round, which I actually do think that that's a possibility that that happens, but there's no way they're going to get past the first round against any of these teams that are going to be, that they're going to face, it, not with not without a superstar. 
this is a superstar driven league and you need, you know, at least a team that's a little stacked up front if you don't have LeBron on your team. And the Knicks don't have anywhere close to that. So where I do think there is this crazy scenario where the Knicks can find themselves knocking on the door of the playoffs this season, that there's no way they're going to win the first round of the playoffs. Now, did you see this report where, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, that the part of that question that makes it makes it an easy answer is deep into the playoffs, right? Or far right. into the playoffs. <laughs> right, right. But did you see that report that the Knicks wanted to wait 15 to 20 games before making any major roster decisions with this team? And if you look at this team right now, how they're playing with, let's face it, they're playing pretty well with a lot of guys out. It will be interesting to see with all these draft picks they've gathered and these assets they've gathered and players on the team who their, you know, their stock is not high right now, but Frank, DSJ, Knox, and these assets they've gathered, these multiple first round picks, if they make a move this season. You know, if they continue to play this well, could they move some of these assets and get not a superstar superstar, but a really good player to help this team this year? I think that could get interesting, especially with Leon here. Is Thibodeau still playing them into injuries because of heavy practices and extended minutes? We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Well, what's he supposed to do on a night like tonight? I mean, he's got nobody available. And it's a close game. Is he playing, you know, Theo Pinson or Jared Harper? He's got no choice but to keep the the bench you know, the rotation tight and to, to play those guys into the ground. You just hope that once the injuries, the people come back from injuries, that he won't have to do that. Yeah, and what, did he quickly play 12 minutes that, that first game before he got injured? Was he played into injury? I mean, Toppin, it was, he played one game. Was he played into injury? I don't None no, of I, these guys I, I were played into injury. No. I will, I would, I've said this before, I will not worry about that. I don't care. This team has been so bad for so long. If Thibodeau's playing guys too hard and they get injured, so be it. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can follow Jay at Blandy Hooper. And remember, you can call us at 516-33-MESH-1. That's 516-336-3741. Remember, wherever you listen to our show, remember to leave us a five-star rating, some positive reviews, and subscribe. And you can get your Hard Knicks Life merch at hardnickslife.threadless.com. Jay, give us the schedule for next week. You got Monday at Atlanta, Wednesday at home for Utah, Friday home for Oklahoma City. Every other day we got a Knicks game. It's a beautiful thing. So we broke out Scrabble when Jason and his wife came over to my house the other day. Yeah. And uh, Jason kicked everybody's ass. I am the smartest man alive! Wow. Are you shocked that we don't know what the south side is? Yeah. Two of these three guys got together the other night to play fucking Scrabble. Sh- should I Google? Should I just Google south side? What do you think? Google, yeah. Google south side. Oh, well, Southside is an area of Chicago. Southside Chicago. Oh, we, oh, I knew you got we it, know that. Did you not know that, Barry? Well, I, hold on. Southside Brooklyn came up also. No, like word, but it's Southside. Mo- mainly known for Chicago. If you're only saying well, Southside, are we talking side, one word or two words? No, if you're only saying Southside, it's got to be Chicago. You got you, it. That's Craig. 
You got it. Listen, my instinct is that it's Chicago, but you say that be. when you're in Chicago. No, it's got to be. I have doubts, though. You do? I don't have any doubts anymore. You don't think it's Southside Williamsburg? No. I don't. I mean, I have a hard time believing that it's Chicago. I'm going to go Chicago. Why wouldn't he say Chicago? Because he's fucking, he's from Chicago and he knows that that's the only Southside. Wouldn't you say like I'm in the south side of Chi-Town or something? Yeah, I think if he was in Chicago, he'd say he was in Chicago. That's why we need to know. We need him to call back. I'm that convinced now, and it's funny because I wasn't before, but I'm that convinced now that I I put money on it. Googled it. I put money on it that it's Chicago. Yeah, I don't think that someone's calling into a New York podcast saying they're in the south, calling from the south side, and it's another state. Even though the only south side I know of is Chicago got to be that's what it's got to be we and we get calls from tampa from virginia oh, why don't from i just check the Germany. area code oh that would help oh that would be fucking helpful craig oh there you go but then we you wouldn't have fucking, all this you got a fucking drum roll over there blandy all right yeah get the drum roll going here okay hold on the area code is 267 267 area code philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? Wait a second. <laughs> Wait, is there a <laughs> is there a Southside Philly? Southside Philly. It's West Philadelphia. South Street. The South Philadelphia. South Philadelphia, nicknamed South Philly. All right, Al, you gotta fucking call up and tell us where you're calling from. It's <laughs> just, I'm just confused. You can't the even go by. People have cell phones from all over the fucking place, honestly. Maybe he lived there at one time. Yep, Maybe he still worked has there the number. for a while. No, he, he's born and raised in South. South. Although he's a Knicks fan, so maybe he was. Yeah. It make so any Barry, sense. what's your? You still putting money on Chicago? I am still putting money on Chicago. <laughs> I think everybody listening to this <laughs> podcast is like, "You fucking dumb schmucks!" It's definitely Chicago. That's just stupid. It's a bad bet. Then take me take me up on it. Then there's no, Southside Philadelphia. South Philly. Bro, if you're calling a show, a, a Knicks podcast, saying you're from the South Side and you're in Philadelphia, yeah, you can't call. That's what I'm a saying. Show for a team in another state and speak to those people as if you were talking to somebody in your own state. Listen, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and get. say we shouldn't be telling L what he can and can't do. All right, Jay. I mean, I would expect that he wouldn't use slang that people where he is would only know. Hell, let us know. And until next time, it is a hard Knicks life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.